Welcome to the second UNE International blog. Today I'm joined with Abby Davis, a PhD candidate from New York in the United States. Abby, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So instead of um, myself giving you a little bit of an overview, could you just uh, tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm from the United States, New York, like you had said. Um, I just got to Australia and Armadale in February, so right before the COVID-19 restrictions happened. Um, and I'm here starting a PhD on the uh, efficiency and effectivity of pollinating flies in Australian crops. Wow, so before we get on to your uh, PhD, something that's probably equally as interesting is the fact that you've come to the small sleepy regional town of uh, Armadale, a couple of uh, well, tens of thousands of kilometers away from your hometown. And you've arrived crashing at the doorstep of UNE in the midst of a pandemic. What's, uh, what's campus life like at UNE at the moment? Obviously, it's uh, a bit obsolete, but how is everything at the moment at UNE and um, also back home? Well, at UNE, you're right, there are not too many people around, but... <laughs> The people that I have met are very nice, very friendly, eager to talk to people. <laughs> um, everybody's very accommodating. I've had a great time here so far, and I can't wait for more students to come back to meet them as well. Uh, back home, so thankfully my family are not from New York City, which is where the bulk of the cases are happening. They're from upstate New York, closer to Canada. but. Things are fine with them for now. They're following all precautions and everything. So fingers crossed things go well there. <laughs> it's good to hear that uh, all your family is safe back home. It must be uh, hard being so far away during this time. Uh, yeah, it can be a little difficult, but I have a nice support system here now as well, which is great. So in regards to your PhD, before we uh, get too far into that, I did notice on your Twitter page, you said you're uh, you're fascinated by flies, fungi, and native bees, among other things. But the thing that really stood out to me, mushrooms or fungi, I can understand. That's really, really cool. But flies, um, I just can't wrap my head around why someone would be so fascinated about flies. So why <laughs> flies so fascinating in the first place to you, and why are they so important? So flies are just incredible. They evolved around 250 million years ago, and they are a type of insect that is holometabolous, which means complete metamorphosis. And usually when people think of metamorphosis, they think of butterflies and moths, um, a caterpillar to pupa to butterfly, adult. But flies are actually holometabolous too, which means they have four distinct life stages egg, larva, pupil, adult. And it's, they're so incredible because um, the larva and the, the adult typically feed on two completely separate resources. So they don't have to compete, which is why they are such a successful uh, group of organisms. So the bushfly, for example, the infamous Australian bushfly, the larva feeds on manure, and the adults feed on sweat. <laughs> wow, so sweat off humans, off animals, yeah. anything they can find? Yep, anything they can find, sweat, saliva. People even find them feeding from their eyes, which isn't really pleasant, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that is incredible. But obviously, you're uh, you're doing a PhD in pollination. That's right. In right, the uh, right. in the radar lab at UNE. How are flies and pollination connected? So, like I had said before, the flies have evolved 250 million years ago, and a lot of uh, phylogenetic phylogeneticists believe that these flies kind of co-evolved with plants. So a lot of them are actually pollinators. And you might not think of it because bees get all of the spotlight, they get mm. all the attention, but um, there are a lot of flies that pollinate as well, and that is something that I am very interested in, as well as my advisor, Dr. Rader. And before we uh, speak more about your advisor, it sounds like this is a topic or a subject that is really understudied. Is that right? I uh, had a little bit of a squeeze on the internet in Google Scholar and apart from Dr. Radar, I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, they. it is a really understudied topic because uh, bees are just, they're, they're known as pollinators, but um, there are a lot of non-bee pollinators as well. Most notably the flies. Flies are great pollinators of carrots and onions and other crops that are very prominent crops in Australia at the moment. So bees get the limelight, but even though, and everyone seems to hate flies, but really they're just, uh, just as important. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll look at a fly differently next time when I try to uh, squash it when it's in my kitchen. So <laughs> you're also saving flies lives as well. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, you did mention your supervisor, Dr. Radar, and the uh, obviously the Radar Lab at UNE. Could you tell us a bit about, firstly, how you met Dr. Radar? Uh, I guess that's probably why you came to uh, Australia. And also, what is the Radar Lab? So uh, I did actually come to UNE because of Dr. Radar. She's a leader in the field of pollination ecology, pollination research. Um, when I was at my undergrad university, Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, I completed an honors project that was about pollinator disease transit transmission dynamics, sorry. And I actually was very interested in flies at the time as well and used a fly that I'm currently rearing in one of the greenhouses here now um, and presented my research at a international pollinator conference, which Dr. Rader was presenting at. So we talked and she was telling me that she was looking for a graduate student to, to work on with pollinating flies and Australian crops. So I applied and here I am. And the Rader lab itself is the pollination ecology lab. She does not only study pollinating flies. In fact, a lot of her research is with um, pollen transfer, which is when um, pollen is transferred from um, one species to the same species, and also if pollen is transferred from two separate species of plants, and which results in um, infertile um, pollination. And she also does a lot of bee research as well. So she sounds, well, you both sound like very busy women at the moment. How, yes. how long will your, uh, your PhD take you, and what does it entail? Is there a lot of research? obviously, but is there a lot of um, physical experiments being conducted? You mentioned briefly that you're going to be in the greenhouse. What does, uh, yeah, what does your whole journey over the next three years or so entail for you? So 
I plan to, so like I had said before, pollinating flies is very understudied, so I kind of have a decent amount of leeway with what I want to research. Um, Dr. Rader, she's really interested in carrot pollinate, pollination with flies because there's already been a little bit of research done that shows that these, the flies that I'm currently rearing in the greenhouse, the European drone fly, is actually uh, just as efficient at pollinating as a European honeybee, meaning that they can carry the same amount of pollen loads to from one flower to another. However, the um, if they are effective pollinators is another question that I intend to answer. So I'll be working with carrots, most likely in Tasmania, um, hopefully December, January of this year, um, possibly next year as well. And currently I've been traveling to Coffs Harbor for a little bit, doing work with berries, like blueberries, hopefully raspberries and blackberries soon as well. Excellent. So you get to travel around uh, Australia a little bit, which is exciting. Yeah, very exciting because I haven't been to Australia before. I was this just, is my first yeah, time. I was just going to ask that. You will, uh, you'll love Tasmania too. It's it's a little bit colder than Armadale. Um, but you're not, I guess you're not a stranger to the cold weather being from New York. Oh no, it gets cold in New York. I'll be okay. <laughs> Have you, well, do you intend obviously with the the COVID restrictions at the moment can't do much traveling. Uh, even the national parks have been closed. But I'm assuming um, from your photos on your Twitter page, which is uh, fascinating, and I will put up the link to everyone who wants to see that later on, if you don't mind. But yeah. I am just going to have a stab in the dark and say that you obviously love nature. Um, I do. <laughs> as do I. And you've come to possibly one of the best places Armadale has an abundance of national parks, waterfalls, um, walks. You can go any direction out of Armadale and find something um, beautiful, uh, aesthetically amazing and, uh, yeah, different. Are you pretty keen to walk around and do you know where you might be uh, going first? Yeah, I, I've noticed that it's actually really easy to just walk somewhere, even from on campus to beautiful location. It's amazing. Um, I visited Ybor Falls and Dorigo National Park, which was very nice, but I really would like to go there again. So that is definitely on the top of my list at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a beautiful area. There's so, so many beautiful things that you can do around here. So... Well, Abby, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit about your uh, your PhD. Hopefully, we'll catch up in uh, maybe a year's time and see what your uh, research has concluded a little bit further on. Um, and hopefully, we'll get to see you out and around the campus when all these restrictions ease up a bit. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. I can't wait to see more people too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you for joining us, Abby. Yeah, thank you so much.